this script reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on November 26, 2023. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. The Holy Gospel this morning is written in the 25th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning from verse 31. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to eat? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thank be to you, O Christ. Please be seated. <clears throat> Dear friends, I bring to you grace and peace this morning from God our Father and from our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, the coming Shepherd King. And I want to um, begin with a theme verse from, my, um, from, the, from our first reading today. The sermon text is really based on the gospel reading which we've just heard but I want to read this one first. Let's go to the next slide. 
From Ezekiel, we heard through the prophet, our Lord say this. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I have memories of hearing the gospel message today as a child and being quite scared. It's a vivid series of images that we just heard, isn't it? The Son of Man, this figure that Jesus describes, that's Jesus himself, by the way, returning in glory with an army of angels backing him up to sit in judgment on all the people of the world. And as I prepared this sermon, a whole bunch of images came back to me from these little cartoon books that I'd come across somewhere as a child. They were little supposedly Christian tracks. And they portrayed this scene as some sort of final apocalyptic battle scene, like something you see at the end of the Lord of the Rings movies. Thousands and thousands of people divided up into groups, and Jesus depicted as this cosmic entity judging the world with no facial features, but a terrible light blasting out of where his face should have been, bestowing judgment and condemnation. And a fear arose in me, some of you are shaking right now, a fear arose in me as a child because I found myself always asking this question, have I done enough? Have I done enough of the six things that Jesus describes here? It's not complicated. Have I given food to the hungry, drink to the thirsty, a welcome to the stranger at my door, clothing to those that don't have any, have I healed the sick? Have I visited people in prison? And have I done these things and other good things? Enough. Enough to do what? To avoid the eternal punishment. Isn't what I'm just describing our culture's popular understanding of what Christianity actually is? That it's a judging, condemning religion that seeks to scare people into living moral lives narrowly defined moral lives that we Christians don't actually live up to. Last bit's true. Our culture until recent times was saturated with a, a reasonably famous image, I think. Think of all the cartoons you've seen of St. Peter at the pearly gates. And there you are, just about to, do I get in or am I not going to get in? He's got a big book and what's recorded there? All the, a ledger of my good deeds and my dastardly deeds. And I'm weighed hoping it will be enough. Because if it's not enough, it's thanks, but good, goodbye, and go to that other place. And all jokes aside, isn't it true that there remains within us all, at a very deep level, a faint sense that comes from our conscience that we are here to do good, and that there will probably come a time when the amount of good that we do may be judged, weighed, evaluated, we're hoping that it will be enough. We sometimes do actually believe that heaven or hell awaits depending on what we do. Dear friends, I want to say to you this morning very clearly, up front, that this teaching from Jesus about the sheep and the goats is not given to scare you in any way. I've titled this sermon, Saving and Surprising, Not Scary. 
because the scary interpretation that I've just outlined is a misunderstanding of what God is wanting us to hear today. Not scary, saving and surprising. I think that little cartoon book was not faithful to Christianity at all. This teaching in Matthew 25 presents to us some surprises and a saving message if we read the biblical text carefully. So let's dive in. Let's go deeper into God's word. There are at least three surprises. I think there's a few more. I keep coming up with more, but let's go with three. The first surprise is that this passage is actually, wait for it, all about Jesus. It's not about whether you have done enough to get into heaven. Who's doing the action words, the verbs in this passage? It's Jesus. What's he doing? We're told he's gathering, he's separating, he's placing. And he's saying to them something about this gathering, separating and placing process. Revealing to them and to us something that's already actually happening, but we'll come to a conclusion. There's no verb here, there's no doing word that's addressed to you or me instructing us to do anything to get saved. There are other clear passages in the Bible, and we're going to come to them, that tell us what to do, but that's not here. This text is revealing to us what Jesus has been doing and will do. And the entire Bible is all about Jesus, isn't it? We know this. The promised Old Testament Messiah. An Old Testament Hebrew word, it means anointed one. Prophets, priests, and kings were anointed. And so this passage is revealing to us something of what it means that Jesus was and is the promised Messiah sent by God. How does he describe himself? As the Son of Man. Do you know that's actually the most common way that Jesus refers to himself in the Gospels? 81 times there are references to him calling himself by this phrase. Where does it come from? It's, it's throughout the Old Testament, but the key passage is in Daniel chapter 7, written by Daniel, a faithful, a, a faithful follower of God who was in exile in a foreign country, who saw a, a vision which described to him an awesome cosmic entity who will come at the end of time and will have dominion and glory and power and control over all the world all the various people, groups, and cultures of the world. This is the Son of Man. This is an aspect of Jesus, of his identity, this messianic king. And just as an aside, this title does have some implications. This means that Jesus does have the power to do something about the wrongs that we see around us. This coming messianic king will put right, eventually, the things that we know are wrong in this world now. The things that are obviously beyond the capacity of us human beings to fix. The things that surely break your heart each week as you listen to the news or receive your news feed. The conflict, the atrocities, the murderousness that, that breaks out and has broken out throughout human history between human communities, nations. The war, the injustice, the atrocities, the cruelty. The inequality that seems baked into our human 
way of governing ourselves, the environmental damage, the hurts and sins done against the innocent. Isn't there something in you that longs to see an end to that? Part of the message of Christianity is that there is and will come an end to that. That is your God. He has that power and it will be revealed. The messianic king will put things right as I think Martin Luther King said famously, the arc of history bends towards justice. It will come. He will do it. Second surprise is that the sheep and the goats are both surprised. Did you notice that? Remember the six things. Feed the hungry, drink to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothing to those who don't have any, healing for the sick, visitation for those in prison. Well, one group's been doing them, the other group hasn't been doing them, but hear how they both respond. They're both surprised. When, Lord? When did we do those things? They're really not aware that they've been doing those things in the case of the sheep. They're really not aware that they haven't been doing them in the case of the goats. Let's talk about the sheep. They're not aware. They've been doing those things, can I say, spontaneously? Can I say naturally? They just did those things. It's part of who they were. They certainly weren't doing those things because they were trying to get into heaven doing them. If they'd been doing it like that, then don't you think their response would have been, whew, glad you finally noticed. God, I mean, we've been racking some up here. We didn't want all these good works to go to waste. And maybe they were thinking privately, well, it's good that he noticed, by the way. We deserve it, after all. No. That would be, be self-righteousness and works righteousness. The sheep are surprised, genuinely surprised. They've been doing what comes naturally because their focus has been on Jesus. Again, it's all about Jesus. The third surprise is the actual gospel that's in this text, the saving message that we need to hear today, that I need to hear for myself, that you need to hear, that God wants us to hear. The saving surprise of the gospel itself. Notice how Jesus describes the sheep, how he describes you. He says, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And he calls them and us the righteous in this passage. He calls them sheep, by the way, because he is, as well as this cosmic king, he is the shepherd king. That's the other massive emphasis in the Old Testament. The king who is a shepherd, and we heard it in Ezekiel, come to rescue his sheep, come to rescue you. Come to search for his sheep. Go after them. Find them. Come to search for you. Go after you. Find you. Rescue you. And gather you and tend you. This searching and rescuing of the lost, this is God's plan and intention from the foundation of the world. A kingdom prepared since the creation. And it's an inherited kingdom. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. It's Yours to receive is the gift that it is. This is good news. It's not about your performance standard or your credentials. 
None of, us, none of us could ever do enough to get into heaven. Not the good works needed. But the shepherd king, our saviour, has done the good work by which we are saved. Last week, Pastor Wayne preached such a good sermon, I'm going to preach a bit of it again. <laughs> we need to, this is a story that we need to hear in different ways. And, and Pastor Wayne preached to us a great story that you could use to share with someone who doesn't know this message. It was so good. I, it just sat with me all week. And here it is again, just a quick condensation. We were stuck down a deep well drowning in quicksand. And God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit made a decision in love before the foundation of the world. They saw our dilemma, they saw our tragedy, and they decided to send Jesus, who voluntarily came down into that well to grab hold of us, to grasp hold of you and hoist you up to safety at great cost. It cost him his life. He was hoisted up on a cross and shed his blood and died an agonizing death to bring you that rescue. But he would do it again. It's for all the people of the world, all of us here today and all of us out there. He willingly and joyfully did it, the Saviour, Shepherd, King. And this was for your forgiveness, and that forgiveness now continually flows. It flowed again this morning through the words of confession and forgiveness. It's flowing through the sermons. It's flowing through this meal that he gives us, this Shepherd of ours. And through all of this, we know him, don't we? We know him as a shepherd, for we are his sheep. Imperfect, struggling sheep, but saved, gathered, rescued sheep. And we will experience, and we do experience, as Christians always have, a power in knowing this surprising good news, a power that comes from outside of us, to do good things in this world, to, do, to take part in the mission that God is already on, up ahead of us, restoring all things, healing all things, forgiving all things. It's now our privilege and joy to join in with the shepherd as he does those things. Yes, this world is broken, but you and I are part of the solution, God's solution. The message of grace is now ours to share. How? Surprise? It's not as hard as we think. <laughs> Those six categories of good actions have inspired Christians for centuries in their personal life to reach out to their neighbour in the name of Jesus, motivated not by fear, but by gratitude to God and love. And those six categories have been undertaken together. Marlene shared uh, a ministry we have here in, in our community, of uh, ministry of outreach to those in prison. But throughout the centuries, a broken world has been again and again restored by God at least a little. In fact, in some profound ways. Down through the centuries of history, God has worked through Christian communities to bring transformation even to a brutal culture like the Roman world of Jesus. And he can and is and will do it again in our time. Underneath the actions and programs associated with all of these things that Jesus describes is a knowledge of Jesus himself as the saviour. Jesus himself 
as the one who come, has come to put things right and is beginning that by putting right, things right in your life and mine today. It's surprising, this message, because it goes against our natural tendency to want to do it ourselves. It does require humility, or what the, part of what the Bible calls repentance, to let go of trying to do enough, to forget all of that, and to simply focus on Jesus and what he's done. What must we do to be saved? Here are some texts. Let's go to the next slide. My Father's will is this, Jesus said, that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. In Acts chapter 16, a terrified Philippian jailer asked point blank, what must I do to be saved? And the apostles said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe in what he's done for you, friends. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So as we go out from here today, and we encounter those who we perhaps think do not know this good news message, we may even encounter those who we suspect may be even in the goat camp. Can I ask you to stop asking that question? Can I ask you to focus instead on the knowledge that Christ Jesus, the Son of Man, the Saviour King, has come for them too? And we're not here to judge who's a sheep or who's a goat. We're simply to bring them the good news of their salvation too. If we have the slightest suspicion that someone we know might actually be lost, what are we going to do? Are we going to judge them as morally inferior to us? Sure, of course not. God forbid, because we know how lost we were and what we've received. I want to give you some homework this week. I'm nearly finished, but you're not. How, again, how do we do this? How do we let this flow out of our life? Well, just this week, uh, dear friends of, of us all, because this is Craig Heidenreich and um, Craig's wife, Beverly. Craig is the uh, LCANZ uh, facilitator for cross-cultural missions. Some of you have met Craig. He works right around our LCANZ uh, church. And Craig and Beverly share on this fantastic podcast, uh, which you can find at that URL, they talk about some very practical ways that we can bring blessing to those who we encounter through Sunday afternoon right through till next Sunday morning when you're out there amongst it. It's an extraordinary podcast and I commend it to you. Uh, you'll find it on the YouTube presentation of this sermon. Have a listen and be inspired by just how easy it is to bring a blessing to bring the surprising good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Saviour King. In his name we pray. And we pray this. Jesus, help us now to receive this teaching of yours so that it doesn't scare us, 
but instead inspires us so that it wonderfully surprises us again and again by your grace. Help us to know at a deeper level the riches of what it is to be saved, to be known, to be welcomed, loved and forgiven by you and help us to extend this love, welcome and forgiveness to all we encounter. In your name we pray. Amen.